0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Around, uh, around one common uh, goal, one common understanding, a chance to worship you this morning. Lord, as we walk in, uh, we have walked in with stuff. And so, Lord, I ask even now that you would begin to uh, wipe away the things that are uh, in our minds that help us not focus on you. Allow us, Lord, to take this time, to spend this time worshiping you. Lord, we, we hear, we've come to hear your word. We've come to hear the work you're doing and to be reminded and encouraged and challenged in our own walk of faith. Lord, help us be pointed in that direction. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. The scripture this morning is uh, from Revelation 7, 9 through 13. It says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying Amen. Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? May God add his blessing as we continue singing this morning. We thank you for the prayers and praises this morning that remind us of the work you continue to do in and around us. Lord, we offer up those those prayers of concern in those areas where life uh, is, has been challenging. Lord, we pray this morning for Jason Sayers' mom, uh, who has COVID this morning and uh, and is not doing well. And Lord, we pray, uh, even now, that you begin uh, a healing touch on her life. Lord, we pray for all those, uh, those who are struggling with uh, so many different maladies. And I just pray, uh, Lord, that you would uh, comfort uh, each of those. And Lord, we're thankful for the way that you are working and have continued to work in and around us. Open our eyes to see the blessings in the midst of a, a challenging world. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So I, uh, a couple things real quick. If you're a deacon or a deaconess, uh, yeah, if you're a children, you can child and run. Only in church. Only run in church, kids. Only run in church. Um, if you're a deacon or a deaconess, Kelly Sheldon asks that you meet him right here after service. Um, he has a, there'll be a quick meeting, a short meeting. He wants to, uh, deacons and deaconesses. Um, so we have a special treat today, and I, I'm pretty excited. Hey, Dave, we've got lots of time. We're going to be in good shape. Thank you. Uh, so, so this morning, as we um, we have uh, Dave Hillman here from the Gideons. Dave, how long have you been a Gideon? Well, you don't want to know. <laughs> you know, I told them they were coming, and they're like, Dave, yes. he's still a Gideon. And they were like...
1: I joined as a very young man in New Jersey.
0: Okay, we will, I won't ask Wet you. Wet
1: behind the ears. <laughs> So I've been a Gideon 67, 33, fifth fifty years.
0: That's awesome. Serving God serving God uh in some really cool now I know uh yes. someone I, I got a guy for you, a young man who wants to talk to you afterwards. Yes. But he's like, Why are all these Bibles out here in all these different languages? And it reminded <laughs> me, he and I said, You just stay for the sermon, you're gonna right. find out. Yes. Um, and he said uh, I, I said, you know, we always think about the Gideons as a Bible we get, find in a hotel room, right? Mm-hmm. And we think, well, that's that's what the Gideons do. All they do is go around and put them. In, and there's so much more. And so Dave has come. Uh, you may remember. I don't, we think it was three years ago that Dave was here last. Um, but he come. He came and he shared about some uh, bunch of immigrants uh, who needed Bibles and. And so uh, God has provided in that, so he's going to share. I don't want to steal His no. thunder, because I'm pretty excited about hearing that, and I think you guys will too. And then, uh, and and Dave's just going to share some of the mission of the Gideons. And uh, so I'm excited. I hope you're excited. Uh, Dave loves to speak. And if you haven't met Dave, <laughs> yes. he's a passionate guy, right? You'll find out very quickly. Um, I would encourage you that after the service, there's a table, and Dave's going to be out back at the table. Um, and he would love to talk to you about what the Gideons do even more. If you have any questions, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Any That's concerns, right. any thoughts, uh, he'd love to spend some time with you. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Dave, because I've already taken three of your minutes. <laughs>
1: You're welcome,
0: to them. Thank you. Oh,
1: I'm glad to have you. Brethren, good morning. I greet you in our Savior's name. I'm so glad to be back with you again to be able to tell you what happened to those 500 testaments that you bought? You don't realize that you bought them, but when I was here before, there was a great rush of immigrants coming from the Middle East and from North Africa. Three million of them came. They came into the in little rafts and boats and terrible conditions, but they came with just the shirt on their back in most cases. They were put into settlement camps by the European Union, they had nothing. Well, the local Gideons, and God did, knew this ahead of time, he raised up a strong organization in all of the European countries, stronger than ever before. And so these local Gideons went to the uh, camps, and they offered a dual language Bible. Now, it was important that those Immigrants learned the local language because the government told them, "Unless you learn the local language, we're going to send you back, because we want your kids to go to school and we want you to get a job. Well, you've got to know the language." Well, these immigrants were so glad to get a Bible that they could read in Arabic, and then the local language. They could translate John 3:16 and Romans 12:1 and so many other verses. Well, they gladly received the Bibles. Right now, today, about 2.5 million Bibles have been given to these immigrants that came into Europe, as I said before, with nothing but the shirt on their back, and they gladly received the Word of God. How do we know it's going to be read? Well, because they've got to learn the local language. The government took care of that for us. How do we know they're going to believe what they read? Aha! That's where we have to rely on God's word. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return into me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. No maybes, no perhapses, no we hope. God is going to bless his word and cause it to come alive. And the people that sit and read it, they're Muslims. Chances are, though, about half of them hadn't been to a mosque in years. We can't believe how religion is falling away around the world. I'm going to give you some other examples, uh, actual examples, of, of countries that we thought everybody was going to mass, no they're not, they're not going to mass anymore, they're not going anywhere. There is a great vacuum out in the world where people don't believe anything. So that's where God wants to step in with his word and say, I've come with the truth. My word is truth, says Christ. Well, these immigrants have come, and they have received the testaments. And this morning, I want you to continue to pray for those. Now, the offering was substantial when I was here before, and I figured out that you bought about 500 of these dual-language Bibles. They're a little bit bigger than this one. And people have read it. 500 people got the testament. Now, did it just reach 500 people? No. In a tent, you've got Dad getting a Bible and the kids sitting around. No radio, no television, no magazines, no newspapers. What are they going to do? They're going to listen to Dad read the Bible. Can I assure you of that? Well, common sense says it's happening. So that's the first thing that I want to tell you to do is keep on praying that God would use these Bibles in in just a marvelous way to win so many of those people for Christ. Because they're not strong Muslims, that's what we have to remember. They're not radical terrorist type Muslims. They're Muslims that for for many cases don't believe anything. Well that's the first thing that I want to talk to you about was what's happening there in Europe with all of these immigrants. But I want to take you to Kyrgyzstan. By the way, did you, could you picture yourself in that verse of scripture, standing in heaven before a vast multitude. How much, how many are in a vast multitude? Want to guess? I'd guess uh, two and a half million. You say three million. Another says five million. The fact is there are many, many people in heaven praising God. And where are they from? from every tribe, from every nation, every language, every dialect. They're there from all over the world. If you needed any verse to support worldwide missions, that's gotta be one of them. How are these people gonna get to heaven if they don't ever hear the gospel? Because they're dressed in white. They've been washed in the blood of the lamb. So we've gotta get to these people for that scripture to be fulfilled so that they can be in heaven. When we get there and see them praising God and rejoicing for what Christ has done for them. I want to take you to Kyrgyzstan. Does anybody know where Kyrgyzstan is? Has anybody ever heard of Kyrgyzstan? Well, let me tell you about Kyrgyzstan. It's spelled very funny. It's the former Soviet uh, Republic just north of Afghanistan. It's got 12 million people. And it's very dusty and rugged. It's not mountainous but it's not plains either and grass and trees. It's a rugged country. 40% Muslim, but most of them don't go to temple, to the synagogue. No, not synagogue. Mosque, thank you. Had a senior moment then. Yes, they don't go to the mosque. 60%, they say, are animists. Now, animist is some buddy, I think that doesn't believe anything. It worships birds and trees. I don't know what an animist is, but that's about 60% of this country. There are 14 federal prisons in Kyrgyzstan. These are rough places. These are not places for rehabilitation. No country club there. They don't have a computer lab. They don't have a library, don't have a workout center. The prisoners are... Sent into a courtyard to walk around a couple times a day, and that's about all they have going for them. God knew all this. He raised up. Now, here's a Kyrgyz, Kyrgyzstan has 2% Christian. Now, when they say Christian, I, I think we really do mean evangelical Christian. We don't mean Christian, as Christmas, and Easter Christians. We mean devout, Bible believing, gospel preaching, missionary minded Christians. 2%. I don't know how they did it, but the local Gideons managed to go among themselves. They have 44 local camps. Now, camp is a, an assigned territory for a group of men and women, and that's their, their mission field. That's their camp. Now, I'm in Erie East right now. That goes from State Street to the New York Line. Let me tell you some things about the Gideons that you probably didn't know. Did you know that no one's ever gotten a dime for being Gideon. We've got three, well, just under 300,000 members around the world, and no one's ever gotten a dime. So we're all volunteers. Everyone has to be a member in good standing of an evangelical church like Greenfield. Got to be a member. So we're the men and women of the church. Have to be recommended by your pastor. If the pastors won't recommend somebody for the Gideons, Gideons don't want them. So it's the pastors who determine the caliber of membership in the Gideons, and I think that's a very good thing. But since 1908, that's when the first dollar was ever given by a Presbyterian church in Iowa. Every dollar has gone 100% into the Scripture Fund. I'm not sure any other Christian organization can say that because they always have fundraising and administration and things like that. With the Gideons, Every dollar goes into the scripture fund. To me, that's just terribly important. But around the world, in 200 countries, all those Gideons have one objective, and that's to win others for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, How do we do that? You say, oh yeah, I place Bibles in motels. Now, the first one is personal witnessing, encouraging each other to witness on the job to people in school or whatever, to be a personal witness second associating together for service now what does that mean that means going on Sunday night to the Erie County prison that, and it will open again I want you to pray for that when the vaccination rate gets up to 50 percent they will let us come back to the Erie County prison and to Albion State Prison we had a, we had and will have again a very active Sunday night service so two three Four Gideons get together and go on a Sunday night. That's what we call by associating together for service. We go to the detention center where the teenagers are locked up waiting trial. That's 11 o'clock on Wednesday morning. We have them for an hour. I think it's amazing. Go there, sit down. you dress dressed usually like I am. And they, they see I'm not a counselor because counselors are all T-shirts and khakis. Hey, man, who are you? You minister? I say, no, no, I'm an engineer. That's easier, rather than consultant. You can't explain consultant, but engineer they know. So I say, I'm an engineer. Ah, you paid to come here? I say, no, I'm not paid to come here. Really? Wow. You know, they're more impressed with those two answers than if I told them that I drive a Volvo or that I have four daughters or. I have traveled around the world on business. That didn't mean a thing to them. The fact that I'm not a minister and that I'm not paid to come there, that impresses us. These kids sit in a circle like this. They lean forward. They're ready to listen. They say, man, you must really mean business. You must really be sincere. So personal witnessing, associated together for service, and then placing Bibles in the busy travel lanes of life. Yeah, motels—that's what we're best known for. Bible, just like this, and hospitals and nursing homes. We put large print testaments, New Testament, proverbs, and psalms in the hospitals and nursing homes. You could imagine somebody in a in a hospital that's just been told that the cancer was inoperable, and we just sewed you up, and we're giving you two to three months to live. Imagine that situation. And then they turn, and there's that Bible on the bedside table. I am so glad that Bible is there. In fact, I'm more glad that Bible is there than all the motels put together, even though motels are a place sometimes where a lot of needy people, marital problems, financial problems, business problems, and they turn to that Bible. We have to replace about 25% of the Bibles every year. When we go back to the Hampton Inn or... I'm having another senior moment. The big motel down at the, at the Sheraton, yes, 25% a year. You say, now, why do those Bibles disappear? Because people read the Bible in a motel room. Sometimes they're very troubled, and they open it, and they start to read it. They say, hey, this, this is very readable. This, this is good. Hey, let's take this with us when we go home, because there must be something special about this Bible, because it was so meaningful to me. That's why we have to go back in October, then we go again in April, twice a year, to all the motels and replace the Bible. But we go to the high schools, been going to to Seneca and Northeast and Harbor Creek since 1983, offering a testament to the graduates. New Testament, Proverbs, Psalms, now it's ESV, uh, the latest version of the modern English version. Those kids are so glad to receive them. Do you know how many kids go to, high school graduates go to church on a regular basis? I asked the superintendents over the years, and I've gotten anywhere from 20 to 33 percent, they think, of their kids go to church. How are you going to reach a couple thousand kids when you give them a Bible at graduation time? So that's to me, that is such a meaningful ministry because it's Not going to Africa to reach kids. It's right here in Erie County. They don't go to church. Their parents don't go to church. How are you going to reach them? The Bible. My word is alive and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. We know that. Well, I want to continue to take you around the world. I told you about Kyrgyzstan. Oh, wait a minute. No, I didn't. I didn't finish that story. I left the best part off. So, 14 wardens out of 14 at 14 prisons said to the Gideons, Yes, come, you're welcome. You got one for every prisoner? That's what they want to know. You got got one for everybody? So we went in, we, they, Kyrgyzstan Gideons who speak Kyrgyz fluently. I don't. And I don't know how to get there either. They don't have any AAA maps, they don't have any toll roads. I don't know how they, well, the Gideons, they had, they live right there by the prison, so they knew how to get there. They gave a Bible to every prisoner. Then they said to the warden, now, I'm sure that some of the prisoners have questions about the Bible, so we'd like to come back on Monday night for a Bible discussion. Well, yeah, sure, we've got nothing else to do, come ahead. 14 wardens said, yeah, come ahead on Monday night or Tuesday or whatever. So at first, there were 20, 25 prisoners, then there were 40, then there was 50. Could they moved to the dining room, dining hall, whatever they call it, the eating place, and it continued to grow. Over the first year's time, some of those prisoners really caught on. They, were, they weren't Christians, but the Holy Spirit worked with them, and they became very committed and, and spiritually deep to the point where they could take over the Bible study, and the Gideons didn't have to go anymore. That group grew, and the warden was so impressed. Well, today, in all 14 prisons, that is known as the Christian Counseling Center. And when a prisoner gets a dear John letter from home, or somebody that his daughter or son died, and he's grief-stricken, where does he come? He comes to the Christian Counseling center. Are those Muslims? Yeah, but they don't go to the mosque. there is a void there a vacuum and God is so anxious to fill it and he's going to use his word and he's going to use local people and that's why it's so important to support any kind of a missionary endeavor that raises up local people to do the doing of a ministry of reaching others for Christ so we have a Christian counseling center well, what does the imam think about that? That's the, the Muslim minister. There aren't any. The, in all 14 prisons, there was no religious involvement at all from, from the Muslims. They didn't want to go. Nah, nobody's interested. You know, we're wasting our time to go, so we didn't go. Here's another void. The Christians... Fill that void, and the Christian counseling service grows and grows, and people are reading their Bibles. I'll tell you a story in the Philippines. Talk to a Philippine Gideon from Mindanao. Now, forgive me for talking about the alliance. I'm not promoting the alliance, it's just that's all I know because I go to the general council every year, and I meet these Gideons. I didn't know they were Gideons, but you get in talking to them and find out they are Gideons. So I said, tell me what's happening at your place. In Mindanao, there were 250 Alliance churches. Now, that's the most populous, so we're talking maybe 10, 15, 20 million people. Okay, 250 sounds like a lot. The Cardinal, his name was Cardinal Sin, believe it or not, S-I-N. It, I must, it must mean something different in the Philippines than, than we... But Cardinal Sin gave the Gideons permission. Actually, he encouraged all the schools to invite the Gideons to come in and distribute Testaments, New Testaments, Proverbs, Psalms to all the students. So the Gideons, yeah, sure, the doors are wide open. <clears throat> Five years later, from 250, there are now 540 Alliance churches in Mindanao. How did those churches grow? The fellow says to me, amazing. You have these kids coming, 10, 12, 13 years old, carrying a Bible, followed by sisters and brothers and mom and dad and maybe grandma and grandpa. A whole group of people would come because the child's been reading to them at night. They have the extended family. And again, nothing else to do. You read the Bible to them. They've been coming in and filling the church. So much so that the seminary, which is a three-year seminary, the administration made the rule after one year, you must be willing to take a, one of these startup churches because a church would grow and grow and grow till it's bursting at the seams. So they take a bunch of people and say, okay, you're going to be in another church over there a mile away, two miles away, and we're going to get you a pastor from the seminary. Can you imagine after one year of seminary, you now are pastoring a church if you want to go on for the second and third year you better agree to do that otherwise you can't go on so that's how they found the pastors for all these churches in brazil you've got a country i go there on business quite regularly he got two hundred twelve million people forty years ago the pope said brazil is catholic and it always will be well it ain't no more <laughs> Right now, there are over 30 million evangelicals, about one out of six in Brazil. The place I go to, Belo Horizonte, is a city of three million. If I go there on a weekend, I get to go with my host, the business, the man I do business with, he takes me to church. He's an elder in the Presbyterian Church. They're meeting at a community college right now. And he says to me, David, this is the 300th Presbyterian Church in our city. We're a church plant, but we're already up to 100 people. So we're soon gonna be thinking about getting our own church building. I said 300 Presbyterian churches. Now, forgive me, but I sometimes tend to think of the Presbyterian church as somewhat liberal. Boy, not in Africa and not in Brazil. It is a strong evangelical denomination. So they have 300. Now, how in the world do they have 300? Because back in 1970, the government said to the Gideons, we want you to go into all our schools and distribute Portuguese testaments to all the students. So the Gideons had to start growing. Well, they did. That's the second largest group now outside of the U.S. There's over 18,000 members in Brazil. They went into all the schools. Today, you've got 30% of the country being evangelical Christians. Is that a coincidence? Or is it that old adage, if you sow the seed with enough abundance, you can be sure of a great harvest? Well, that's what they did. In Cuba, we don't hear much about Cuba. Right now in Cuba, that's 12 million people. We got 30 camps. Half of the camps, I mean, of the membership, they're either doctors or dentists. They have an abundance of them. And there's so many Christians. The government is allowing the Gideons to go into the prisons, the military bases, the schools, the colleges, and distribute. Of course, they're Spanish, but to go in and spread the word to all the people. Are we going to see an evangelical evangelical explosion? We already are in Cuba. Many, many people are coming to Christ and they're coming because their kid, the child, got a testament in school and brought it home. I found this firsthand in, when Jean and I went to KwaZulu, that's in the place of the Zulus, that's outside of S- South Africa. I had done a seminar in Durban, and we got all done. I contacted the Gideons, and they said, by coincidence, Brother Hillman, we're going to... we found five more schools, actually 15 more schools, and we have three teams, and you could be part of the one team. So Gene and I went to five schools, and they gathered all of the 7th and 8th graders together in a room that was maybe 40 feet by 30 feet. The kids were sitting three to a jet desk, so quiet, so respectful. When we went up and down the aisles, they reached up with both hands. Now, in South Africa, all throughout Africa, if you value something, if you handed them your watch or your wallet, they would reach with both hands. When we went up and down handing out the Bibles, in every case the kid reached up. He knew this was something valuable. So, how else are we going to reach the people? These are nomadic people, seven and a half million. They move around from place to place. No churches can't build a church here and have all the people move there. This is how people are being reached around the world by going into the schools and the military bases and the prisons and the colleges and distributing the word of God to their younger people, you might say. Anybody under 30. Reach these people for Christ. And that's the next generation. And that's how the Evangelical Church is going to grow in these countries. I told you who the Gideons are. That's the same throughout the whole world. All these members, these 290,000 men and women, all members of an Evangelical Church recommended by their pastor with one goal, and that is to win others for Christ. I'd like you to look at the table in the back if you have a minute to just... Pick up a couple of the Bibles and see what God's Word looks like in another language. It's like you're going to want to say, it's Greek to me. No, it's Indonesian or it's it's some other language. But see what it looks like, especially India. The Gideons over there are able to give out. Now, this is a statistic that I love. They can give out $5 a year just to schools that they had been to years before where the headmaster wrote or called the Gideons and said, look, it's been a number of years. We want you to come back and distribute your Bibles to this new generation, the new students we have. And unfortunately, in most cases, the Gideons say, well, as soon as we get the Bibles, we'll, we'll come by. There's a plate at the door just for that reason. Now, I told you before, 100% of the money will go into buy Bibles and Testaments. Half of the money stays in the United States, half of it goes overseas to the countries like I've mentioned, to these immigrants that are coming into Europe now, and in India, and Testaments to Brazil. Now, Brazil is self-supporting. We don't have to send to Brazil or Germany or Japan, Korea. Those are self-supporting countries, we do have to send it to countries in Africa. And we do have to send the Testaments to places like Kyrgyzstan because they can't support it. So that plate at the door is for you to have a wor- worldwide outreach. Secondly, if there are... i got a couple envelopes here. If you're occupationally... and Now, occupationally means are you, do you have freedom of time? Are you salaried? Uh, we used to say business and professional men, but today that's pompous That's too lofty. So if you have freedom of time, if you're a college graduate, if you're salaried, if you own a business, you're qualified to be a in. If you're a member of the church, you're qualified to be a in. If you can get pastor's recommendation, you're qualified to be a in. So I've got a couple envelopes here that I would be glad to give if you're interested in learning more. There's a memorial Bible rack out there that's well used. In fact, there's only one card left in, in memory. So we're going to have to come back next week and fill that up again. But if you've lost a loved one recently or in the last year, that's recent. If you want to let the family know that they may be gone, but they're not forgotten. If you want to place a Bible in their memory, that would be a great way to do it. It's a lovely card. Take that, fill it out, send it to the next of kin. My time is up. I told Pastor I would be sitting down by 9.30. He said, okay. He didn't say, that's good. He just said, okay. Well, it's 9.28. So if I say, oh, I forgot an important thing. If God has been pleased to use a Gideon Place Bible or Testament in your life sometime in the past, I would be so pleased to hear about it. It would be a a real encouragement. Thank you so much. May the Lord bless you all. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for your word, for the blessing it's been to us in our lifetime. And we pray for the Bibles that will be going out today from this church around the world. Lord, we know that there'll be a blessing to the people. We pray that they'll be gladly received and that the whole family will want to listen to them being read. Make it so, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name and for his sake, Amen.